Blog Talk Radio. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is David. This is David Benjamin from HealthyWildIn3.com. This is David Benjamin from HealthyWildIn3.com. All right. There we go. Good way to start the podcast. Echoing, right? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin from HealthyWildIn3.com. And in today's podcast, I'm going to be interviewing someone amazing that has started her own online gardening empire from scratch, teaching people how to begin gardening, uh, organic gardening from home. And uh, it really aligns with what I do because Healthy, Wild, and Free is all about helping people live greener, healthier, more sustainable lives, and to uh, really just connect their mind, body, and spirit um, back to nature, back to Mother Earth, and to really just kind of have that, um, that peace with nature, with, you know, Mother Earth, and to have um, the health from nature uh, be part of our lives. So uh, in today's show, we're going to interview Carolyn Collins from wildgardening.com. But before we get into that, I'm going to share with you a little bit more about what this podcast will be about, and then also share with you our sponsors. So um, when we, uh, before we get into that, um, our sponsor is Sleeping Organic Dot com. Now, if you um, go to sleepingorganic.com, you will find, one second, you will find that uh, you can get organic mattresses that are made of natural materials um, from natural latex and, and just all different sorts of natural uh, materials. I actually got a, um, uh Ikea mattress and it didn't work out for me. So I actually returned that and got a mattress from sleepingorganic.com. So um, I got the Sprout mattress there. So you should uh, definitely check that out if you're looking to get a new mattress and um, if uh, or just for your mattress next time you need a, you need a mattress, um, you know, for you or anyone in your household. So um, definitely check out sleepingorganic.com and bear with me for a minute as I try to connect Carolyn to the call. It's I think we're having some te- technical difficulties right now. Um, but anyway, so I'll just kind of talk about in the meantime what the Healthy Wild Free podcast is going to be about and what I'll be discussing and what the different articles and videos coming up will kind of um, share as far as content goes. So um, basically, I created Healthy Wild and Free out of a passion of a few different things. The first one being health and wellness. Health and wellness is really important to me, helping people live healthier lives, more energetic lives. Uh, just just feeling at peace and feeling great. I think it's really, really, really hard to be happy um, if you're not healthy. And um, if you aren't if you aren't happy, you know, life just isn't that enjoyable. So kind of the first focus of healthy, wild, and free for me is being uh, just healthy, uh, feeling well, and and just feeling great because that's that's really what uh, gives life so much more value and um you know it's why wouldn't you want to feel great and, and be healthy and, and look great and feel great and be confident on all those types of things so that's kind of the first focus of the healthy wild and free podcast is health and wellness and it's kind of the core focus the second fo- focus is kind of the mind body spirit connection and really just kind of cultivating a deeper understanding and a level of depth between the mind the body and the spirit and how we can use our mind and our body and spirit to our advantage so that we can really uh, just cultivate really the life of our dreams and just to, to once again, be happier, uh, be fulfilled, 
uh, just just to live a life worth living. You know, I, I at one point in my life, I realized that I I didn't like the life that I I had been living. And once I started to make changes in my life, it allowed me to create shifts within my life that kind of aligned my mind, body, and spirit, and my heart, so that I could create the the, the life that I desired, which is now today helping. Uh, I've helped thousands of people in their health and wellness up until this point. And uh, just getting started with Health Wealth Free in this podcast is going to be a, another chapter for me and uh, the whole community and, and helping many, many, many more people. So that's kind of the second focus is mind, body, spirit, heart, uh, consciousness connection, if you will. And then the third focus of the Healthy Wild and Free podcast is really just focusing on uh, green living, eco-friendly products, uh sustainable living. I think we live in a world where we've become so unsustainable and bloated with our um, consumerism and products and, and you know, junk, basically, that we've created a, a polluted world that isn't as beautiful as it could be around us because of that over-consumeristic mindset. So the third kind of focus of Healthy, Wild, and Free and the content I'll be sharing and, and interviewing experts on is uh, sustainable living, green living, um, really just teaching you how to be more sustainable, how to, you know, for example, in this episode today, we're going to talk about how to grow a garden, you know, how to um, use organic gardening to your advantage, um, things like that, you know. So uh, really just creating a sustainable life that you can live on a day-to-day basis so not only does it create a better uh, time, you know, a better space for you to live in the now, but it creates a better future for our children and our and our children's 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 children, etc. So, um, so yeah, that's really what the the, the podcast is about, and uh, healthy, wild, and free is about. And uh, I really hope, you know, one of these categories, you know, the health and wellness the green living or the, the mind-body-spirit connection kind of resonates with you. And if it doesn't, maybe, um, over, maybe over the period of the podcast, some of the different interviews will kind of hopefully unlock certain uh, maybe beliefs or emotions or feelings or thoughts that allow you to kind of see deeper into the value of you know, health and wellness or the value of the mind-body-spirit-heart connection or the value of, of you know, green living, sustainable living and a kind of an eco-friendly lifestyle. So I think these three things are kind of pivotal. I mean, really, really pivotal in the evolution of, of human beings and of, and of our world. So I think if we can really focus on these things, that's why I chose these three kind of categories to focus on. I think if we can really focus on these three categories, we can create a future that is beautiful, amazing, sustainable, uh, green, healthy, vibrant, happy, and whole. I think right now society is broken to some degree, and I think uh, we can definitely improve uh, upon that. And hopefully this podcast and the Healthy, Wild, and Free website and uh, all the work that I'm doing behind the scenes helps to inspire you to make better decisions for your health, for your home, for your life, for your mind, your body, your spirit, your heart, and your passions, and your life. So that's a, that's kind of a background on Healthy, Wild, and Free. Uh, as time goes on, I, the, the website will be developed further. There will be the About page will be filled out further. You'll learn more about me and my story and how um, my mom survived stage 4 cancer and my brother was born with a birth defect because of Accutane, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, health and wellness has been kind of 
thankfully through through I guess pain and struggle is, has kind of been ingrained into my life through different experiences in my life that has kind of led to the culmination of uh, healthy wild and free and and what this uh, what this is all about so um, so yeah that's that's kind of a backstory and uh, I'm gonna go get into the interview and uh, before I get into the interview though I'm going to uh, introduce you to Carolyn Collins once again I said she is the founder of Wild Gardening, and I love that name because I love the word. I love wild, uh, you know, healthy, wild, and free. I think, I think the wild nature. I think that's where we feel most inspired, most creative, and and most abundant. And I, I think more people need to connect to nature and get out of nature. So, um, she's the founder of Wild Gardening. She has a degree in horticulture from the University of Illinois, and she's from Chicago. So, if you're from Chicago or Illinois, you went to the University of Illinois, you should definitely, definitely. Uh, ch- you know, check out her fan page and book and everything. And she is the founder, or excuse, well, she's the founder of Wild Gardening, but she is the author of The Beginner's Guide to Organic Gardening. So uh, that is Carolyn Collins, and I'm going to put her live right now. And uh, Carolyn, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you yes, for being on the call with us today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad you're here. And uh, I, I, I'm really happy just to talk to you and launch the podcast talking to you because, as I told you earlier, you are the type of person that has great energy, you're positive, and honestly, I don't know a more positive, happy person that I could launch the podcast with. So, um, oh, from, thank you. <laughs> from the bottom, <laughs> I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to – is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? I mean, you, you went to the University of Illinois for horticulture. Yeah. And you wrote the book, Beginner's Guide to Organic Gardening. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience a little bit? Something kind of weird about yourself that, you know, like maybe in regards to gardening, maybe in regards to... I have a lot of weird things about... I'm a weird person. <laughs> no, okay. um, I Yeah, like an interesting thing. Um, I was in the circus growing up, so that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, so I have a, I have a very fun exciting life <laughs> a very creative inspired one as well and i think i think yeah. that's part of how, maybe how you got kind of into gardening and, and growing plants and that kind of thing was that kind of creative and yeah. inspirational you know background if you will for sure um, like um one of my my two greatest passions are nature and music so even since i was a little kid i just love to be outside in nature so that's where my natural uh, passion comes for that because i was always um, looking at all the plants and touching the plants and asking my dad what what the plants were called and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and I started gardening when I was really little because my dad um, always had a garden. So then I just started to learn all all the gardening stuff from there. So that's awesome. And, and the yeah. best music, and the best music comes from nature anyway. So you get you get two for one in that special. That's um, right. Awesome, awesome. Uh, cool. Well, so you get, so you basically you got into to gardening and and planting when you when you were young basically how, yeah. how old were you talking about really little really little um i think we have pictures from when i was i don't know just a couple years old probably um but i just remember uh asking my dad what everything was called and i started to learn the names just the common names for the plants and then um i just started to just start to garden with him he started to show me some things that's the best way to do gardening really is just to just experiment 
and do your own gardening. And then I would just read books all the time on plants and buy all kinds of gardening books. And then um, then I went to school for it because I decided, hey, I want to study plants because I the main thing was I wanted to be self sufficient. I wanted to be able to grow my own food since you know since I was little. I wanted to make sure that no matter what, I could always feed myself. You know, so um, that's where that passion came from. So then I decided, let me just. I'm going to go to college and let me just study plants. So that's what I did, you know? Right, yeah. So you, you kind of had a natural uh, curiosity and um, leaning towards plants and gardening since you were young. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. In school, it was a lot, it was a little bit frustrating because it was all a lot of book, book stuff that we learned, but I wanted to have more hands on. So that's why I always encourage people to just experiment and just, you know, just mess up and make mistakes. That's the best way that you're going to learn, you know? Right, get get dirty, get in the dirt, get your hands in the dirt. Yeah, and because there's just, I mean, you could go on for years and just read, uh, study plants. Like a lot of the people I went to school with, you know, they went on and got like masters and PhDs, and I was, you know, I just kind of thought, for me, that was pointless because I wanted to just be in nature and growing the food. There was no point in just reading and reading and reading. You know, the best thing you can do is just go out there and grow food. So. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's a good point. Hands-on hands on application is way more effective than sitting in a book all day in a classroom with oh, windows yeah. and no fresh air. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right? <laughs> I, I agree with you on that one. I um, used to sneak well, I, into I think the greenhouses. Cool. Go ahead. Sorry, I used to um, sneak into the greenhouses at, at college. Like, it was funny because I had little breaks in between classes, and I would go um, sneak in the greenhouses and just, like, play with the plants. There was this one plant that was one of those Venus flytraps and I would go and like put a pencil in there and just learn all the different like smell the different herbs and that was the best way that I learned. I learned more probably in between outside of the classes, you know, just going in the greenhouses and looking at all the plants, you know. Right. And and centrally experiencing nature through your vision, yeah. your thing, your smell. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's, I think that's one of the beautiful things about nature is the, the sensual. I'm a huge sensual person. I love smelling yeah. and tasting. Like I, that even if you're my zodiac sign, I'm a cancer. I'm a very sensual person. So um, I'm totally with you on that. It's kind of actually I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan originally. I have a, a, gar, a garden there called Frederick Meyer Gardens. And it's a huge, oh, yeah. huge, huge building with you know, enclosed plants. And they had, had the Venus flytrap and all these different flowers. Yeah. I went there through, through there as a kid, you know, field trips, and I was just like, wow, like, it's amazing yeah. the diversity of plants and how beautiful nature can be. And I think we've kind of lost sense of that. We've lost, you know, kind of a, we've lost the ability to kind of connect with that because we live in such a modern, technology, yeah. you know, brick and mortar type of world. So it's cool that you're kind of revitalizing that and you're teaching people how to grow plants and grow food and yeah. be sustainable in that way. Yeah. yeah, at the same time, I just want to um, inspire people through my actions of just doing it and also just empowering them to, um, you know, just encouraging them because I've found that a lot of people are scared to even start because they're afraid they're going to mess up and they'll say things like, I don't even mention to people hardly ever that I have a degree, but um, if I ever do mention that, uh, it's funny because people will get like real nervous. They'll be like, well, you know, if I go to farmer's market and I talk to the farmers, they'll be like, well, I don't have a degree. I don't know. And I was like, no, it's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's like, you know, it's long is the best way to learn is just go out there and make mistakes and you can't really mess anything up. I mean, if the plant dies, it's, it's not a big deal. It just goes back into the ground. So just right. start, just start again, you know? So right. I think, 
that's why I want to empower people to just go out there and start growing, even if they've never had a garden before, if they've never read any books about plants. It's it's not that hard. You just the the best way that you're gonna you're gonna get good at it is through uh, practice. So. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into a little bit of the step by step kind of practical tips and, and, and kind of insights that you have as far as, uh, you know, get, helping people get started gardening through ease of use and if they're kind of a beginner to get started. But um, yeah. one of the questions I had for you was, how has gardening benefited your life and, and in what ways as far as like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, your level of happiness, things like that? Like yeah. what, what changes and shifts have you seen? throughout your mind and body and spirit when, when you are, you know, gardening and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, well, it's had a tremendous effect. Um, even since I was little, that was one of the main reasons I liked it because I could, uh, it, had, it was very spiritual for me because I felt like I was the closest to um, my spiritual self then, just being out in nature. Um, no matter what you believe, you know, you just feel connected to source. And so I would just, um, it's very relaxing as far as uh, mentally, physically, it reduces stress. Um, let's see, for old people, it's very beneficial because um, they need to move around, but they can't do too much physical activity, so it's just good for them to get some exercise. Um, as far as just, this, though you get to smell all the smells from the plants, you're out in the fresh air. The soil is amazing. When I just sometimes, uh, I just like to touch soil, <laughs> even if I don't have the plants in the pot yet. I just go and play. I'm like, oh, I just need to go touch the soil, you know, because it's so, it's so grounding, you know. And yeah. You just smell it's like it. a hand massage. <laughs> yeah. It's just and the so and and that's not that weird or crazy because in some countries they eat the soil. I know. If you uh, little kids, little babies will go and eat the soil because they need the uh, minerals. <laughs> so they'll actually go and do it intuitively. Yeah. So um, it's very ther uh, therapeutic. Um, so any anyone who's going through any kind of thing, it's just totally stress reducing. Um, yeah, very sensual, like we were talking about, because you get to do everything hands on. You're out there getting exercise, especially if you're out there. I like to I like the heat, so I'm always out there and I'm sweating. Um, you get the sun, so you get your vitamin D. You can um, you can put you know play some music when you're out there. One of the things as far as spiritual, I was just talking to my um, uh, conscious and spiritual friend, and he was telling me that I'm actually there's two way healing. You're actually healing the plants when you're growing them, and they're healing you as well. So right, when you're out, right. yeah, it's amazing. I never thought of that because I just knew I was getting healed tremendously because just being out there was so beneficial for me. Um, but then I, I realized, oh, my gosh, I, I'm healing the plants, too, because I'm out there, you know, singing and dancing, and it's going to affect how they grow. Right. Because it's all energy. It's funny um, to watch certain people. Like, certain people, they're afraid that they're gonna, the plant's going to die and they're not going to do well, and that's sure enough that's what happens because that's what energy you're sending to the plant. But if you just send it love and you're out there just having a good time, um, out there with your friends, you know, enjoying the, the fresh air, the plants are going to grow better like that so it's kind of like a cycle of healing because you're you're being healed and they're being healed at the same time so i thought that was pretty fascinating right yeah that's a good point i, re I really think we do have kind of a two-way relationship with nature and to, to know that we heal plants and they heal us is a yeah. very kind of important lesson i'm glad that you said that i'd love to hear stuff like that um, yeah there's tremendous benefits you know mentally physically spiritually 
Um, mentally, it'll keep you sane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, like, uh, especially when I was living in cities, I would just have to go to some kind of, you know, greenhouse or something to go just be around the plant energy because um, mm-hmm. it'll really just mentally, it will just uh, chill you out, chill you out, you know, if there's too much going on, so. Yeah. It probably... I- I don't know. I don't know if there's any like science on this, but I'm sure it helps. You know, balance the autonomic nervous system. I'm sure yeah. there's different things within the body that we don't even maybe even consciously know about yet, but it, yeah. you know that that it does because it's like our our natural environment. Um, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Sorry, just to add a little. Cause, yeah, when you think about it, most of us now, uh, a lot of people live in cities, and it's a very unnatural environment. It, we're meant to be outside most of the day, and then just go into shelter at the, and, you know, during the night. Um, so it, we have a kind of the opposite now. We're always inside, and then we only have a little bit of time to go out in nature. So we need to uh, get as much nature as we can. So. Right. Yeah. For sure. That's. I agree. Hundred um, percent. As far as gardening goes, I know a lot of people, you know, really want to get started gardening, and they're they're kind of hesitant. Like for me in my life, I live more in the city, so I don't I don't have land. I don't have like a place to garden, which I've kind of been asking around. You know, hey, do you have land? And you know, trying to find people around me that, I just, you know, can I use your backyard? You know, I just met. You want me? Can I grow a garden in your backyard? Because you know, he's like, uh, no, but maybe I don't know. And I was like, uh, think about it. Um, well, you know, I'm kind of out there every once in a while, but um. Yeah. People that really want to get started beginning, you know, to begin gardening, what would you say are kind of like the, the easiest uh, foods to grow that they're gonna have those fans kind of mess up with, and they, and they can kind of gain confidence in their gardening so that they can kind of move forward? You know, what are the easiest top three would you say? Yeah, I'd say uh, probably number one would be um, cucumbers are very easy to grow. Um, probably number two would be tomatoes. Um, and then number three would probably be something like uh, peppers, but some people don't like peppers, so I would say any kind of uh, green, like any kind of lettuce or spinach. Or kale, so, maybe? Yeah, or kale, any kind. And okay. those three are good foods, you know, that you can um, get a lot of nutrition from, and most people generally like those. Uh, I'd say tomatoes are probably one of the most popular that people grow, especially because they're easy to grow. So. Right, yeah. And that's good too, because those that's kind of a good range as far as like cucumbers, tomatoes, and like kale or greens. They all have different, you know. And you can make a salad, a salad out of that. So. <laughs> Say that one more time. You can make a whole meal out of that. You can make a salad out of that. Oh yeah, or like a like a right? yeah, you can make a salad. Of that. True. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Know those things, those little things like that, because some people, you know, it's like there's so many plants, and you know, what do I start my garden with? And those three kind of do make sense. Yeah. Um. What and this is another question I had for you. What sure. like edible plant herb food uh, can easily be grown indoors that don't necessarily need much sunlight or or even like maintenance. To be honest, that yeah. get started that you know for someone like me that doesn't have land um, right. or that lives kind of in a small apartment in the city, what herbs or edible plants can be grown indoors? Yeah, um, yeah. so if you don't have that much sunlight, um, it makes it a little bit hard, but you can still grow things. Um, I would definitely, herbs are the, you know, the easiest to grow inside. I would recommend getting some kind of grow light. You can get one of those, you know, you can get on Amazon, it's, a, you know, just called like a grow light. That'll help tremendously because uh, most places indoors don't have, an, like you need a good, you know, 
like at least five hours of sun for a lot of plants. So if you don't have that in your in your apartment or your house, then you can just buy a grow light and you can you know, you can grow more things that way. You can I forgot to tell you that earlier, like you can grow more uh vegetables and stuff like that with the grow light. So Okay, um, cool. Yeah, and that doesn't require the herbs don't require much maintenance. They grow uh pretty quickly and you can use them in your you know, all kinds of salads and foods. So any kind of herbs are good. Um, and then you can grow, you know, any kind of greens or uh, spinach, kale, stuff like that. Um, probably indoors you don't have, like, that much room, so obviously you're not going to grow, like, bigger stuff. Um, a lot of people grow uh, tomatoes in, indoors with a grow light, tomatoes. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, like, stuff that's littler. You can do, like, there's certain tomatoes that don't grow really big, like it's just a small plant, so smaller tomato plants, smaller pepper plants. Things oh, like that. The little, yeah. the little tomatoes, I forget what they're called. Yeah, because yeah, there's different varieties. Right. Um, okay. You can grow indoors. Um, well, fruits are harder because they need more sun. But if you have a grow light, you could do things like strawberries, um, things like that. Um, but a lot of fruits grow on trees, so obviously you can't do trees in your house. But And just a quick fair warning on that for everyone listening. There is, I actually, there was, there's a, a place here in Michigan called Westbourne Market, and they sell plants and things like that. And one time I went there, they had these little, like, I don't know, maybe two and a half tall, but, uh, like, orange trees, or lemon trees, and, uh, or no, it's lemon or lime, I, was kind of, I think they had lemon and lime both. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, like, you know, a little lemon or lime tree. And then I, I was like, I'm not going to buy it, though, because I don't, you know, it's kind of weird that it's, you know already grown and I, I don't know if I, I want to like research it further because obviously I'm health conscious and I want to understand what this is. So I called the company that made these little plants and I asked them if they were genetically modified and the lady basically said, I think she started by saying, no, not really. And I was like, well, are they, are they normal, like, are they normal, you know, lemons and limes and, you know, have they been altered anyway? And she's like, well, I guess, you know, maybe they are. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not genetically modified like to the Monsanto degree, but then you what 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 is it called when it's been altered? Um, um what, what uh, just yeah, just like uh yeah, modified yeah. Like Gen- a new strain, like for example, baby carrot. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's I I don't know what that's called the the you know like the the big carrots and the baby carrots um, hybrid. I think it's called oh, hybrid. hybrid. Yeah, hybrids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hybrid seeds. So I think that was kind of like a hybrid uh, right. lemon and lime, which isn't going to be as nutritionally dense, kind right. of like the carrots are as nutritionally dense as, you know, the real carrots. Because it's an indoor thing and, you know, whatever. But um, so sorry, I kind of cut you off. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, that's another thing. Like especially if you're gonna grow, um, not if you don't want to start from seed. Like say there's certain plants that take a while to germinate from seed. When you're going to a nursery and you want to, you know, look at plants, you have to be very conscious of, um, you know, which plants because a lot of them aren't gonna be organic or you know stuff like that. They're gonna have they probably were sprayed with chemicals, so you have to be you know conscious of that. But when you start from seed, obviously you can just you're not going to spray chemicals, so you know that it's all it's going to be organic and natural. So right, and and as far as, far as growing goes, um, obviously you know you're, you're you're all about organic gardening and sustainability and eco friendly and all that. Um, yeah. For someone getting started, what I mean, 
obviously, well, first of all, the question I have is, would be the seeds, the soil, and then we'll get into the environment of the soil and the plant later. But first, let's just start with the seeds and soil. What do you call, what are heirloom seeds? Because I've heard this term before, and I, I don't really fully understand it. And what are the different types of seeds, and are, and are heirloom seeds the best? Yeah, I, that's funny that you said that because I was actually just reading on that the other day. Um, heirlooms are basically um, just ba like I have the exact definition. I'll get it in a second, but it's just like it's the most kind of the most natural you can get when you think about it. They date back hundreds of years. The heirlooms, it's oh, basically yeah. So it's just like, but it's hard to find heirlooms because you know it's like people have to kept them really good like in a seed library, like they have to grow their plants, save all their seeds, that kind of thing. So that's why the heirlooms are more expensive because they're the most, you know, the most natural and all that kind of thing, uh, the most natural growing methods. So right. if you can get heirloom, those are the best, and those are going to be the most delicious tasting, the most nutritious. They're not going to look like anything you see in the stores. You know, they're going to look very different. So um, those would be the best way to go, you know. And, and you probably, I'm guessing just, you probably don't get those at like your your you know local or can you get those locally or is that more of a special? I think order? the best way to go would just be to buy online. There's a couple you know there's seed companies online that sell heirloom seeds. Um, there's one company in where I get some uh, some of my seeds from. It's called Native Seeds, and they do uh, a lot of heirloom stuff. Hold on one second. I'll get the little thing it says. Okay. Yeah, and just I'll just talk in the meantime. There's actually uh, I got my first seed from um, an heirloom seed company, and I forget the name of it, but I'll I'll link that up in the show notes because I got I got like I want to say I got like 40 different vegetables and fruit seeds that are all heirlooms. So that's why I was looking okay. for a place to plant them. I bought them thinking cool. about something. So um, so yeah, that's definitely something valuable. So I got the definition here. It's like a little um, guide, a little seed guide from Native Seeds. And if you guys want to go on their site, it's nativeseeds.org. And so these seeds are mostly from uh, the northwest, like Arizona, New Mexico, that kind of thing. So that would be better to get. Yeah, so you want to try to buy the seeds from wherever you live, like your local area. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously I live in Florida, so I'd look for seeds that are from this area down in the south. Um, but if you're over, like, to the Northwest, Native Seeds is a good company. And it says heirloom. Uh, heirloom. It says includes trusted, new, open-pollinated varieties as well as those passed down over generations. So basically okay. they've been passed down over generations. So that means that they've been kept non-sprayed, like the people are growing them in na natural methods. And right. then open-pollinated, they're not messing around with the, you know, with the, the making them hybrids and all that kind of messed up stuff what they do with GMOs. So open right. pollinated yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And then after that it says um the next definition is hybrid. It says um modern hybrids are produced by cross pollinating two different inbred parents. Difficult but not impossible for home home gardeners to save their own seeds. So I would advise you guys, you know, to when you're growing naturally, so it's a good idea to save your seeds, and you know because now they're messing around with the seeds so much, it's a good idea to keep your own kind of like seed seed library, and then you can 
um, give them out to people, your friends, stuff like that. They actually have things called, yeah, seed libraries are basically like where you, they lent out seeds and then you grow the plants from those seeds and then you save the, save the seeds and give them back to the library. Wow, so, that's, so that's a pay it that's forward seed good. program. Yeah. That's like, awesome. How, yeah. how did you, how did you, you heard, that's, that's, I've never heard of that before. And I, the whole seed library idea is just a quick question on that. Do you, is there yeah. kind of, do you have any tips for preserving seeds? Because obviously, you know, as you mentioned, passing from generation to generation, what would someone do to preserve seeds? Yeah, um, I, uh, my dad showed me, he does that. Um, so we did that all growing up. Like he basically, uh, over the, you know, because we grew up in Chicago, so there's only a short summer and then a long winter. So what you do is just, you know, collect the seeds, you let them dry out, dry out like on a paper towel or something. You want to get all the moisture out of them. You want to make sure they're dry, um, and then you can uh, put them in, you know, like plastic bags or however you want to do it. Um, and then he just keeps them in the in the garage where it's going to be like pretty cool. You could also you could also you know like refrigerate them and stuff like that. I have to learn more about that, but I just know a little bit of basic kind of stuff. Right. But there's so you yeah. could probably look up more exact ways, but you know. Yeah, that's, might, that's a great basic start. So it yeah. makes sure they're dry and then store them in a cool environment. That's perfect. Yeah. That's good, good, good uh, begin, you know, beginning advice, if you will. Yeah, I have a little definition here for seed libraries. Um, public places where seeds are deposited by community for the benefit of the community. Participants check out seeds, grow them, and return new seeds the following year. A resilient way to engender local diversity and seed security. So that way, you know, if every, you know, everyone's starting to finally become conscious of Monsanto and all the GMO mess, and but that's the way we can um, have security with our food supply if we know that we're taking, we have, we have the seed libraries, you know. Right. For sure. Yeah. And that's, that, I love that because I, I didn't even know about that kind of system. I mean, yeah. I've heard of, you know preserving seeds and this and that before, but we'll talk. I want to. I have Monsanto on my list, obviously, because. I'm a huge believer in obviously, you know, organic seeds and and food freedom and having you know, I think the way nature intended food and it this is the way nature intended food, is you know, plants grow, do seeds germinate and we have the ability to create more uh more plants, whatever that you know, plant original was. So yeah, you know, having that uh, ability to, you know, do that is very it's it's a very basic I think life kind of need if you will or not need but it's a very it's a very basic ingrained thing within nature and yeah. genetically modified seeds and monkey have completely um, reversed that in order to basically create scarcity around seeds you know the uh, the seeds that only last one cycle and um, planting organic gardens and having a seed bank and preserving heirloom seeds and things like that are things that are actions that we can take that help to facilitate the change of that system because I think, um, you know, if we're marching against Monsanto, but we're eating genetically modified foods before we don't want to hold up signs that say, you know, it's, it's not money talks and we need to use our money more efficiently and our time more efficiently yeah. Things that support the organic and not give energy towards exactly. Um There's a quote that Mother Teresa shares where she said, I'll never go to an anti war rally when you have a peace rally invite me. And every time I do that, I think of my family and all that. Just like we need to do 
you know, we need to support what we are for and not uh, put energy towards what we are against. Yeah, that's exactly so right. Yeah, the best thing we can do, yeah, is just um, grow our own food. And if you don't, you know, don't know how, if you've never done it before, the best way to to just start is just to do it, and you'll learn as you go along, you know. Yeah, and, and that's, that's just getting started, um, like you said, is it's just getting started. You know, it's not. There's no. You, I mean, for me, like I said, I don't even have land, but I'm looking for land. And I'm looking for opportunities to get started, and when I find that, I will get started because. I believe it so much. Right. Um, so it's something, you know, that I think we can all we can all grow something to some degree and we can all kind yeah. of get started where we're at. Exactly. And you can you just start small and then as you go along if it's enough of a desire for you, you'll find a way to get some, you know, small piece of land or whatever to grow more food, you know. But just start with what you have. Even if you just have a little bit of a balcony, you can put you can grow a ton of stuff on in a small space, you know. Right. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing too. There was uh, you you saw the um, what was that documentary? I think it was called. I want to say it was called The Real Dirt on Farmer John. Yeah, I love that one. My mom showed it to me like a bunch of years ago. I just love that. That guy is so cool. And he's in Illinois too, I think. Yeah. So yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you listening, if if you haven't heard of The Real Dirt on Farmer John, basically it's a a movie about this guy who had a traditional farm and kind of didn't run it and kind of let it go to the wayside for several years. And then basically, he years later, he turned it into organic. Was it permaculture? Permaculture? What do you I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a while. I have to yeah. rewatch that one. Yeah, I want to say it's permaculture, but either way, it was organic and he created a really successful farm. More yeah. popular than the previous one, and the whole community supports him. It's just a really kind of transformational story. Um, yeah. Just a really good document. So if you, if you guys have been a real big um, Yeah. Um, check that out. Yes. Um, so we talked about the seeds. Did you want to talk about the soil now? Yeah. Well, let me, um, one second. Let me see. Okay. I had some other questions before that. So what main factors should gardeners so yeah, so kind of the like for example the so we got the seeds, the heirloom seeds. Oh, and I was talking about the seeds. I just wanted to say make sure that you guys buy, uh, you know, natural seeds. Make sure they're not GMO. Or just buy. You can buy them online. Make, try to get seeds from your area, your general area. Um, yeah, just make sure they're not GMO. If you can't get organic, that's okay. But try to get at least something that you know that hasn't been sprayed or modified. So. Right. Yeah. And when you. Real quick, just to clarify, when you say your area, you mean like, for example, I live in Michigan, so geographically, I want to buy seeds From that the are Michigan and yeah. grown. Yeah, basically, like the Midwest. You don't want to buy. You don't want to. I mean, if you can, if you can't, that's okay. But you're not going to be buying like seeds from, uh, like Brazil or Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. If you, if yeah. you to grow uh, that, you it's know. Kind of when you buy produce at the store, you try to buy local, um, that kind of thing. Right. Like basically plants, um, basically plants that are native to your area. I guess it doesn't matter too much with food, but as far as like certain, if you're going to be growing flowers and different plants like that, um, it just helps if you're just doing stuff that is, you know, natively grown in your area. 
Right, rural local, and that kind of supports the ecology around you, so it's a yeah. kind of greener way of, of living, too, which I like. Um, so as far as, like, factors that um, go into, you know, the the growing process, we talked about heirloom seeds and how that's a great base. What other factors are important? And let me just give you a few examples of things that I'm guessing that you're thinking about. Um, for example, soil, um, hydration, like, is, is the soil too dry or too wet? Um, like the pH of the soil um, and, and the plant they have, et cetera. What, what are some good steps in that and how, what are the most important factors? Okay, yeah, um, definitely um, you want to make sure that you're, you know, watering the plants so that you don't want them to dehydrate, but you also don't want to overwater them because if you, if, like, uh, and you had that experience David, I think with one of your plants when it had too much moisture in it and it started to get a disease. Um, so you want to just always be checking the soil um, to make sure that you're not, you know, it doesn't have too much water. And you can kind of do that intuitively um, depending on just kind of looking at it and feeling the, the moisture of the soil. But then also you can, you know, look it up online, whatever plant you're growing, you can just check on what they say for that. Um, so that's important, you know, uh, for soil moisture. And then for the soil, it's I think it's uh, very important that you have, um, you know, soil that hasn't been chemically treated, so get organic soil. And wow. then you can create your own soil over time through composting. So if you start <laughs> composting, you can create, like, the best soil ever. And that after that, then you can just start to use that as, you know, as your, uh, uh, to amend the soil. Um, so that's important. I think definitely if you're going to be growing things, try to do a compost pile because that way, the, the soil is basically like the the food of the plants, you, or you know, it's like that's where it's going to get all its nutrients from the soil, um, a lot of them anyways. So you want to make sure that the soil is very good quality. Right, that's the, the kind of the base. Um, as far as okay, so you, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't really think about that, but each plant will have a different, and we're I guess we're gardening different than plants, but each plant will have a different amount of water that it needs. So you should look that up online. Yeah, it's always a good idea, um, like if you're starting to grow a plant you've never grown before, like say you're doing cucumbers, I always just do this too, you know, because I would just want to make sure you go on there and just, you know, just Google how, like what they say, like how often you should water it, and then you can just go from there depending, you'll have different factors like in your environment, so, but it's always good, it's a good idea to look online because certain plants need a lot of watering, certain plants don't like to be watered very much at all, so. Right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, just depending on, on the environment, kind of, and, and nature. Um, okay, cool, awesome. So, yeah. and as far as the, the pH of the soil goes, I saw something on your Facebook page, that's why I want to talk about this. And for just real quick, just a quick plug for Carolyn. Her page is facebook.com slash wildgardening. Go and like it right now. Like, literally yeah. right now, go into your internet, go to facebook.com slash wildgardening, like her page. She posts the coolest uh, pictures of like nature and gardens and flowers. A little piece of nature heaven on your computer every day, and it's always inspiring and cool to see. So definitely like the Facebook page um, because it's just awesome, and I love it. So thank you for all that. You're welcome, and I um, love doing page. It's always so much fun. Yeah, it is cool. And what you post is so cool. I don't. I, it's one of the honestly, it's one of the coolest green pages on Facebook. There's so many different, you know, health and wellness pages and, and the gardening pages are so bland on Facebook. They're they so, are, yeah. So 
so bland, and yours, you bring, like, life to gardening. So I think it's oh, cool. thank you. your tagline. Yeah. You bring life to gardening. I bring life to gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I like that motto. And it's going to be so much fun because I'm going to start to spend more time on it and just make it amazing. I'm going to do a couple posts each day. I'm going to start to um, share, like, my own homemade infographics. So what I'll do is I'll share nice images, and then I'll share, like, some kind of tip for you guys, you know. So yeah. I'm going to start to do original stuff soon, so. Awesome, yeah. And I, the the one you posted recently was about um, the pH of the soil, and it, and I think it was it was like soil plus vinegar, and then soil plus baking soda, and then you can kind of see if your soil is too acidic or too alkaline. Um, yeah. On, on that note, the pH of the soil is is kind of obviously important, just like the pH of our body is. And what was someone? Well, first of all, what what is a good like kind of range of pH of soil, and is there a way to measure that? Yeah, um, I don't know too much about it. I just have, like, a basic understanding. But I know it's good. Uh, it dep- So this is how it works. It's, like, depending on where you live, right? So um, certain areas have more acidic soil. Certain areas have more um, alkaline soil, right? So um, so you have to, first of all, you have to look up what area you're in. And then what for as far as plants, they have these things called a zone, like zones. I think you might have seen that before I posted about the different growing zones. And mm-hmm. so I think there's like 10 different zones. Like the U.S. is broken up into 10 zones. So I'm down in like zone 9, 10 because I'm down in Florida. So the higher up you are, you know, it's, one is at the top and then it goes down like that, I think. So first of all, you have to find out what, you know, what state you're in and then what zone you're in. And then you can look up what what soil is typically found in your area so maybe the soil there is more acidic or whatever so then you're going to want your soil to try to be like that so there's there's different ways you can like test the soil that's why i just put that basic one up there so what you do is just take a sample of your soil and then you add uh, baking soda and then when it bubbles that means that your soil is acidic and then when if you add vinegar to your soil and it bubbles that means your soil is alkaline so that's just a simple way to do it um it's and not, that's just, not like, just, like important, that's, but. that's two different. Like that's two different. For example, uh, tests, right? Yeah. Okay. So cool. Just checking. Okay. Yeah. Just little simple tests. There's also like you can go take your soil to. Um, there's different ways if you look up online, like different ways you can test if it's the pH of it. But I don't. It's not that important. You know, it's not that important unless you're doing like scientific research like when I went to school like I had a whole class in soils and pH and all that stuff because uh, those people like studying that stuff but as far as just like growing food you just need to know that you know like see what area what soil you have in your area and then just look up what you know you don't want if you're in an area where the soil is acidic you don't want your soil to be too alkaline that kind of thing you know because, yeah I guess I mean, wow that's, I'm learning a lot today um, yeah. <laughs> that's because, like you said earlier, you want to get seeds and plants native to your area, to your zone, and then the yeah. soil is going to be either more acidic or alkaline based on that zone, too, to facilitate okay. the growth of those plants. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. All sorts of great stuff today. So thank you. That. I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, and, and, I would, uh, and I would add to that, like, it's, um, you guys don't need to really worry too much about pH, but, like, if you're trying to – if you're getting more advanced and you're growing and you're trying to just like grow amazing plants and all this kind of stuff, then you could start to uh, research that a little bit more. But for as far as basic stuff, don't you know? Don't worry yourself too much on that. But right, yeah. Hey, just a quick request. I think I'm echoing in the background a little bit. Can you check to see if I'm paused in the in the internet browser that 
Okay. Um, I don't see any. Oh, you know what? It it doesn't show that it's playing. Yeah, just click the pause button, and we'll have a little bit of echo. Because I oh. hear my. Oh, oh, no, it's not. For mine, it's not. It's not playing. Okay. Let me check mine. Oh, that is. Maybe that's just a little bit of an echo. Oh well, we'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So as far as okay, so we got a really good kind of basic understanding of you know what seeds to the soil, you know your zone, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Are there any? And this is kind of a complimentary thing, but something I've noticed with with gardens is that a lot of gardens for some reason have roses around the garden. Is that is there something to that or, or not? Oh, I've never heard of that before. Um, like, I don't know. Or, or like a tree, or is there any like? I guess my question would be: Are there any supportive plants, flowers, or trees um, that kind of help the soil or the, the environment, or maybe? Saying yeah, yeah, there are. <clears throat> there are. Um, you you just basically like pick out the plants that you're gonna grow, and then what you could do is um, you look up the complement plant. If you just go and Google and put in complement plants, um, you could like say tomatoes have certain plants that complement it, um, and it will help help it grow. And then there's certain plants that have basically negative effects on that plant, so you don't want to grow those plants close by each other. So oh, that, wow. that's yeah, that's pretty fascinating when you get into that. Um, so that's that's for like garden planning when you guys are going to start to um start to grow more things say you have more room and you want to expand um then you st then you can start to look up like complement complementary plants that stuff okay. is pretty interesting yeah yeah that is interesting i i i didn't even i i just thought that'd be an interesting question to ask because you know it i for some reason I've, i don't know why maybe it's a michigan thing but a lot of people plant like Roses around their yard or around their garden, oh, for some reason. You know, you know why? I, w I wonder if they do that because they they have thorns, and as far as little animals, little rodents, uh, maybe people, maybe they want people to stay out, that kind of thing. That maybe the rose the thorns. <laughs> yeah, or maybe the rose flower petals composting around there is good. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know, but yeah, that it, well, I guess the yeah, there are complementary plants, and then but there are also negative. There are plants that you don't want to plant. Yeah, kind yeah. of interesting too. So you guys can you know just basically just start growing things, and then what will happen is certain plants won't do as good, and that's kind of fun. I think it's fun to figure out why it's not you know why something's going right. on. Like this, I mean, that's part of the fun of it. Um, there's no need to stress over it, you know. Like, I, I mess up a ton of times, you know, even though, like, I have a degree. It doesn't really matter. It's just experimenting. Right. So um, what happened this summer is, um, you know, it's really hot here in Florida. So there was, we grew certain things, but a lot of things didn't fruit. And what, like, the tomatoes didn't fruit because it was too hot. It was too humid. So there's actually times, like, there's actually grow. Uh, temperatures that are, you know, that's another thing, another variable is temperature, because certain plants don't want to be in the heat, you know, like spinach, our spinach didn't even sprout because it was way too hot for spinach, because spinach needs like a cooler environment, you know. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. That's that's very interesting. There's, there, there, it's very, I, I'm glad you started the interview with uh, the, the whole, like, just, just get started, plant something. Like, yeah. Mess up. Something's not gonna work. You know, your plant might die, but yeah. you'll you'll get experience. You'll go to Google and you'll you'll learn. You know, maybe you're you you know I don't know the 
seed or soil or heat or humidity or whatever is too watered, underwatered, you'll figure out kind of as you go, and yeah. it'll, be, it'll make sense eventually, but just getting started because there there can be a lot of factors when it comes to gardening, and you can get really, you, it seems like you can if you get really kind of complicated. To just get started is a great kind of tip and, and piece of advice yeah. because everyone's going to mess up. And like you said, you have a degree and you still mess up, so we, we're all going yeah. to, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, yeah, I'm that's not bad. Like, I actually kind of like messing up because I, I just really just love to learn and experiment. So I I almost know, like, going in, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is going to have a pro- Like, this plant's going to have a problem or it's not going to grow, but I'm still going to freaking grow it, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I just want to see what happens, you know. Right, yeah, and yeah, and, and and you never really know. It's hard, it's hard to say, and it's and and you're kind of a like you know you're a very creative, inspired person. So I could see you experimenting in the garden and making something, yeah. you know, just making something really cool. Um, yeah. But, wow, that's. I'm really glad that you know the the information here, you know, as far as the seeds, the soil, stones, the, the environment, the ecology, the plants, you know, yeah. local, making sure it's not hybrid. All these different things are very, very, very specific. And I, yeah. I did help with all of this one. This kind of question I have is, yeah, you know, is with, with Monsanto and genetically modified plants and all these different things, what do you think? I mean, obviously, organic gardening is, you know, I, like I mentioned to you earlier, I love this. I saw uh, there's a simple graphic on Facebook. I don't know. If, I'm sure you posted on your page. I found it from your page, and I posted on my page. Um, but it, the guy, this guy named Ron Finley, said, "Roll yeah. your own. like printing your own money." It's so true. I love that. And I, I love that too because it's, if you think about it, it's like, okay, I can go work for money and be out, and then go take those that. Paper fiat currency to you know grocery store, commerce store, and you know buy the same food that I can that I can grow on my own, which is like printing money, and plus you get all the health benefits and mind, body, spirit, you know, yeah. outdoors, fresh air, sunshine, all these different benefits from gardening. So, yeah. but beyond organic gardening, right? I think gardening, right? Like conscious people really create a shift as far as you know, of course. Opposing Monsanto and not supporting the modified crops and food, um, but beyond organic gardening, what do you think people do more of um, that that can help with that? Because I mean, we can all grow food, but there's always, like for example, as you know, you know, genetically modified corn is everything now. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like it's in ketchup, which should be only tomatoes in money. But hey, Monsanto, <laughs> let's throw some corn in there too. Um, you know, like, I don't know where they get these crazy ideas. I met yeah. someone last night, actually, that said corn syrup is in, in cell phones. I know, it's crazy. They love to put corn syrup in everything. Like, it's funny because I grew, you know, I grew up in Chicago, and then I, I went to school at Illinois, which is the huge place for growing soybeans and corn. Right. And so I had to take... So I had to... I was required to take certain classes that were about spraying chemicals on corn, and it was, like, crazy. I was like, I'm not going to take this and learn how to, you know, uh, put, you know, and they're just growing it for the, you know, like, to genetically modify stuff and then put it in everything because they're going to use the corn and screw up everything. So it was pretty fascinating to just 
be in that environment and see exactly what was going on. And it really inspired me to not, like, to just do the best that I can to, you know, do the opposite of that, you know, <laughs> and right. grow everything naturally. It's funny because that's what I realized when I was little. I was like, if I can be self-sustaining, I don't have to deal with any of the stuff. I can just, you know, grow, like growing your money. I realized, hey, I can just, even though I was too little to work, I was like, well, I can just create, I can create money here. I can just grow food. And instead of going to the store and buying it, that's way better. I couldn't even get it at the store. Even there was like a Whole Foods maybe like way far away. Um, and even there, they don't have a, you know, it's not all organic there. So the, yeah. the way you can do it really, you know, it's just uh, the best thing you can do is instead of like, you know, marching against Monsanto or anything, that that's fine if you want to do that. But it would be better to put your energy towards, you know, growing your own food. And then that's going to create a ripple effect because people, oh, my gosh, neighbors will see you growing your stuff. It just creates a whole buzz around right. it. Like that happened this summer in Miami where the consciousness is pretty low there and nobody does that kind of thing. We had a garden and we put it in the wide open on purpose and people were like, well, are people going to steal your things and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, that would be nice if people did because at least they'd be eating healthy, you know. So it just, <laughs> so it, it's good uh, to in the open because it already starts to shift the consciousness. People start to to see, like, oh, wow, I have a little bit of area. I can start growing things. And um, right. I could, you know, grow my own peppers because they love peppers there. That would save me some money and all that kind of stuff. So you just by doing it on your own, you can make such a difference because you're going to start to shift the consciousness. You know, there, you know, you probably heard, like, if you just shift 1% of the consciousness, it's like that's all you really need to start the whole the whole thing to change. So Right. And, and 1% is really not that much. And I, it's interesting that you said you know, we, we put the garden in the open so everyone could see it. And yeah. it's like it's like now we live in a world that with, you know, technology and the Internet and social media and blogs and podcasting and, you know, what we're doing it now, yeah. we can be the change we want to see in the world, but then we can go beyond that and promote and share and spread yeah. the change we want to see in the spread world. The change. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is amazing because that's exactly what you're doing with wild gardening. So, um, yeah. People to not only grow the organic garden, but like you said, and like you mentioned earlier, create a, uh, a seed library, a seed bank, something yeah. like that, where you preserve and, and doing that type of thing too. Because yeah, I have my own going right now. You guys could just start your own in your own home. You just start your own little library and then make it bigger. Start to, you know, with your friends who are also growing their food, and then it could become a whole neighborhood thing, you know. Create a seed network. Within the community. Yeah, network, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that a lot. Definitely yeah. post pictures of your seed library on your page. I want to see that. Um, just to, because I'm just, you know, and any additional tips as far as going to seed libraries and that kind of thing. So that, yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, I, I love that because it's, it's good to hear a fresh perspective from a fresh church. Yeah. On the whole Monsanto issue and, and you know, I, it's like this this whole Monsanto and genetically modified foods. There's there's a lot of negative energy towards it, and and I and I can understand that I can relate to it. But that's why I have so much respect for people like you that are gardening, that are growing, that are yeah. inspiring others to do this. So I would just yeah. encourage everyone who's listening to grow something. It doesn't need to be outside. It's, you know, it can be just grow a plant, grow something. Just growing. And I think yeah, yeah, just grow Interesting story. When I was little, we used to, because um, I grew all my food, and we used to sell it out in front of our house. 
I think you might have seen the photos before we had like a little farmer's market and it created such a buzz with our neighbors because after that they just kind of expected us to you know be be out there uh, that's where they were starting to get their produce from because we'd grow these big you know big juicy tomatoes and big cucumbers and everything right. Times better than a store, and we just say like, you know, four tomatoes for a dollar or something like that, you know, and um, you can just do that. Like you can start, um, yeah, exactly. You can be the change that you you want to see in the world. You just start small, and it's gonna start to create a, a just a little buzz, and the buzz will get bigger, and then more people will start. Like after we had our garden, more and more people started to grow their own uh, food in their backyard. So, right, and that that's odd. That's an awesome idea too. I think. You know, it's like, if you think about it, a lot of kids, you know, had a lemonade stand. Or I had multiple lemonade stands. I'm sure you have lemonade yeah, stands. Too. And, like, to sell produce as a kid, it, that's kind of like the lemonade stand model. If yeah. that are listening that have kids, have you, grow a garden and have your kids sell produce on, on the street to your neighbors. Yeah, and that would so be, like, so a yeah. great idea for your kids to inspire them to grow and and be a part of the kind of green health movement, if you will. And that's just, that's awesome. So thank you. And thank you for that. That's a good idea. Also, yeah, and then also Ron Finley, the guy, he also says, you know, if kids grow kale, they're going to eat kale. And that's so true. You know, whatever, the kids, they learn how to grow the food, so they have, they get the whole concept of where your food comes from, and they're going to eat the food that they grow because they're proud of, you know, they grow they grew that food from a seed, from a little seed they grew that food. And they're going to eat that, instead, you know. So if you're trying to get your kids to eat healthy, start by having them learn how to grow their food, and then they're going to eat that. So. Right, and then they get to see, like, yeah, like you said, they get to see the whole cycle, how it started, how it grows, and it's exactly. one of the things I like about growing plants. I wrote, I wrote a blog post called "How Plants Feed Growing Plants And one of the things I really have noticed is when I start growing plants, like. It feels like it feeds my spirit at like each spiritual level because when I see plants grow and new new leaves emerge and and yeah. grow and and go from a from a closed and restricted place to an open and growing like more you know open space because of the sun, light, and water and the elements. It's yeah. like it's, there's a whole like spiritual awakening that happens. It's really weird just for me yeah. to see that and feel it and. And I really encourage anyone, like, you know, just to, just to grow plants and grow, you know, garden. Grow beauty and grow, you, you know, food that you can eat. Because I think there's kind of all that in a holistic sense. Yeah, all kinds of plants and flowers. There's so many things you can grow that can bring you so much joy. I love growing flowers, too. Um, and you know, I had a certain flower when I was little. It's called a it's called a primrose, and it it blooms at night. And so you can smell it. It has this amazing smell. But it's so precious because it only it opens really quick. So you have to be there at that exact moment. Um, so it was really fun. We'd all sit around the plant. We watch it open. So it just it just can bring you so much joy. Even if you don't want to do all food, you can you know you could do flowers and plants. But they're gonna bring so many benefits to you. You know. Right, yeah, and that's I love the smell of primrose. And eucalyptus, when I lived in Costa Rica, I walked by a eucalyptus tree, and I'm like, what is that smell? And I looked over, and it was a eucalyptus tree. I'm like, yeah. I need to, I need to grow one of those trees someday. <laughs> Costa Rica, just grow a eucalyptus tree. Um, yeah. This makes you happy right away. You know, you just smell the smell, and you're like, oh, my God, I love that smell. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's, that's, that's like, the way to Yeah. 
something like that. Yeah, because it's, a, it's aromatherapy because you know they have certain things. You can go to a healer and get aromatherapy mm-hmm. or you can just like grow your be- uh, beautiful flowers and just have that kind of aromatherapy. <laughs> right. and, and all around you all the time. So you're always, yeah. you're yeah. aromatherapizing your life. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that's another thing. If you are going to grow plants in your house, it's so good for the air in the inside to have plants growing, because you know they totally shift the air inside your your place. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You're creating more fresh air within your home. Yeah, exactly. it obviously improves your health. So, um, so, thank you so much for doing this interview, Carolyn. I think the, the information that you shared, as far as you know helping people get started gardening, and you're just such an inspiring, such a positive person, and I really hope people kind of look up to you as someone to learn from, and uh, for those of you that want to learn more about gardening and organic gardening and the different methods you can use, and just to see a bunch of amazing, beautiful pictures of nature as well, go to Facebook.com and then also make sure you pick up a copy of the book, Beginner's Guide through organic gardening on Amazon Kindle. And I will link that up right below this audio. So just go below, pick up her book, and subscribe. If you like this podcast, there's so much information here that can take and and um, really just, I think, shift the consciousness and creation of our world. And, and a lot of the, like I said, and, and Carolyn said, there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of positive things we can do to be organic, green, and healthy, that we don't need, you know, um, uh, and so forth. We can just do these things up on and we don't need to fight the system. We can yeah. change within the system by doing things in our life. So, um, exactly. Once again, thank you. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before, before we sign off? That's it. I really enjoyed our time. It was really fun. I did, too. Thank you so much for being the first interview. I couldn't have asked for a better interview. It turned out amazing, and uh, I really hope the audience gets a lot of value from this. And, uh, and oh, one more thing. If the audience has any questions about gardening or anything like that, yeah, I was just going to add that. I was going to say, yeah, I'm totally here to help you guys, so you can just send me. Uh, I'm on the Wild Gardening page. You can just send me messages, questions there. You know, I'm happy to help out. Okay, cool. Yeah, they'll uh, hopefully, um, if they have questions, they can post at the wall and, and, and the community there can all help out. I'm sure there's other organic gardeners there, too, that are, you know, very smart as well. So yeah. she's creating a very awesome community of organic gardeners there. So um, yeah. once again, thank you so much. I really hope you have an awesome rest of the day. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye.